Hi, this is Pastor JC. I want to thank you for listening to today's podcast here at Faith Outreach Church. We want to invite you anytime you're in the area to come by and visit us at 3001 Wallace Avenue here in Terre Haute, Indiana. Sit back and enjoy today's message. This always look forward to spending time with Pastor JC, Pastor Jesse, and uh, haven't had any air raid sirens going off this time, so that's good. They'll have to tell you about that if they haven't, but I, I, I play a little. How many of you know Pastor JC likes to joke a little bit? <laughs> so I, I've learned, you know, it's, it's out of self-defense. Out of self-defense, I have to. <laughs> but we do have a good time with them, praise the Lord. Love them so much, and uh, you, guys, you guys have awesome pastors, praise God. We're so thankful for them. <laughs> Amen. Well, uh, yeah, no pressure on me at all, you know, just, uh, hey, you know, just you hit, you hit a grand slam last time, we expect two today, you know, I mean, <laughs> but uh, how many of you know, you know, really, we, we're just here because the Lord, the Lord has something to say. Yes. Amen. Yes. And uh, I wasn't going to say this, but yesterday I was just, when I was praying and spending time with the Lord, you know, he said something to me that really I thought, well, that's interesting. Uh, he just said this, you know, the purpose of preaching and teaching. I thought, well, that's interesting. The purpose of preaching and teaching, that his name would be glorified. Number two, that the relationship of the Christian would be solidified. And number three, that the church would be edified. Amen. So really, that's what we're here to do today. Praise God. We're not here to, you know, put on a dog and pony show or, <laughs> or do anything like that. But really just endeavor to follow the Holy Ghost and what he wants to say. And I believe, I, I, I agree with what Pastor JC is, is, is saying about this, you know, this stream of, of prosperity uh, and, and really the teaching of it, and, and not so much the, even the teaching of it, but the revelation of it, that God is endeavoring to get this not just across to this church here, but really to the body of Christ. Because, you know, you think about this. We all pray for revival. I mean, we just prayed a little bit just now about that. Uh, we all believe that there's a tremendous harvest of souls that are going to come in from around the world. I mean, if we really stop to think about this, what do we have now? Over 8 billion world population. And uh, so we're believing for a, a tremendous harvest of untold millions of people to come to Jesus. And, you know, we're all praying fervently for that in the body of Christ. I mean, I, I've, met, I've met people who are of other denominations, and they're praying for this. I've met Christians of all kinds that are all in agreement with this. We're praying for an outpouring of God and for revival to come. But one thing that I noticed that we're not really seeking the Lord about so much is what are we going to do with all these people when they come? How are we going to feed them? How are we going to teach them the word? How are we going to train pastors and leaders that will be able to shepherd them? Uh, how are we going to print Bibles so that they have the Word of God to read in their own languages? Uh, how, how, where, how are we going to build churches that will, that will gather them together so that they can worship God? I mean, there's a number of things we haven't really thought about. And if we're really believing that there's a tremendous outpouring of the Spirit of God about to come in the earth, and if we really believe that there are millions and millions of people who are going to come to Jesus, then we also have to believe that God is about to dump a tremendous amount of provision and prosperity upon his church to accomplish this. Hallelujah. Because there's a tremendous need in this area. And so, you know, when we talk about this, I look at it and I think, 
that really where we're at right now in the body of Christ is so significant because, uh, you know, we've just stepped over into a whole new decade in 2020. And I, as things that have been rolling around in my spirit about this decade, uh, I had the Lord just kind of say this to me uh, some months back, that this is a decade of destiny. And I'm still not totally sure what that means. But I do believe this, that we're going to see tremendous harvest. We're going to see tremendous uh, things happening where dreams and visions that we've had in our hearts are, are, are being fulfilled in this decade. And I believe that we're going to see some amazing things of God that are going to be done. Well, you know, it's easy to say that because we've got 10 years for all that to happen. <laughs> you know, so I mean, it's pretty safe to say those things and, and probably you'll be right if you say it. So that doesn't make me a prophet, you understand. <laughs> but, but I'm not just saying those things because they sound nice. I, I truly believe in my heart that this is where we're at. But I also believe this, that that with this, God is giving tremendous increase of vision and revelation to his church. And even this year, you know, uh, and I'm not one that normally does this when it comes to certain years. You know, you come up with a catchy slogan about that year. A lot of people do that. Like if the year ends in seven, you know, 2007, it will be heaven. You know, that kind of thing. I'm not one to do that. But this year, I really felt like God was saying to my heart, this is 2020, and as soon as I think of 2020, I think of vision. And I believe that we're at a place where God is, is really releasing more vision and insight into people's lives. And really, it'll take several different forms. One form will be in the form of just revelation, that he wants you to learn and to grow in your understanding of the word and the truth of the word. Another area will be in the, in the, in the area of just vision for your life your purpose, your direction, what the Lord wants to do through you. Uh, another area will be in this area of uh, what we call the revelation gifts of the Spirit, the discerning of spirits, word of knowledge, and word of wisdom, that God is going to release, I believe, an, e an even greater manifestation of those gifts. And then uh, what Brother Hagin always used to tell us as students, uh, he would always talk about the spirit of seeing and knowing. Uh, just seeing and knowing things in general, uh, that this is going to be, I believe, increasing in this year. And so we're at a tremendous time in the body of Christ where this is concerned. But in this area of prosperity, I find that there's surprisingly, surprisingly to me, because we've had a lot of teaching available to us for many decades, actually, but yet surprisingly, there's very little understanding and revelation of the subject of prosperity. And really what the Bible has to say about this subject. Now, I, I just took a, a, a time in, in December. I felt like the Lord had said to us, because a lot of times we come home for December and, you know, see family and uh, friends and so forth and all of that. But this year, we just felt like we were supposed to stay in Singapore. And, uh, and I, I asked the Lord about it, and I felt like he said, I want you to set the month aside and to fast and pray and seek me. And I actually did something I've never done in my entire life. I never thought I would ever do. I did a 40-day fast. <laughs> now, before you think, wow, you're so spiritual, let me just say this. It wasn't a full fast. I, would, I felt like the Lord said, I want you to just fast during the day and eat a meal, one meal a day. So I thought, okay, I can do that. And, you know, I'm probably the only person who ever did a 40-day fast who, who gained weight doing a 40-day fast. <laughs> So I ate a good meal, okay? <laughs> uh, 
But that time that I had, I set aside and I sought the Lord and I just felt like I was to just take that and have that extra time of, of seeking him and so forth. And one of the things that, uh, that the Lord began to talk to me, well, the direction I felt like I got from him was this. In Habakkuk chapter 2, uh, it, the, the prophet there said this, I, I, will, I will set my, or stand my watch and I will seek the Lord. Really, he was talking about praying. And, and he said, and I will wait upon him to see what he will say to me when I am corrected. And I felt like the Lord was saying, I, I have some things I want to correct in your life. I need you to seek me so that you'll find out what, what those things are. And then, you know, after that, in Habakkuk chapter 2, there was vision. Habakkuk got vision from God. But I, I thought, I, as I began to look at that, I saw something I never really saw quite this way before. That before vision comes correction. Before vision comes adjustment. And, you know, we've been in a season, and you've been experiencing this here as a church, of correction and adjustments in your life. Why? Because you're about to step into a season of vision. Hallelujah. And with vision comes an understanding of mission and purpose and the will of God and the plan of God. And, and there comes a release of revelation about these things. And, and so in this area of his will concerning prosperity, if we don't have the right, uh, so to speak, posture or attitude in our own heart or our own life, then we could take that message and that truth and we could actually misuse it. We could actually misrepresent it to the people around us. And so before we can get even, even to that place of these things being unveiled to us or being given to us in our understanding, God has to take us through a season of transformation and growth and character development and refining and adjustments and changes. And that's why some of you, you've been thinking, man, this has just been difficult. It's like, oh, God, you're sanding off all these rough edges in my life. Let me tell you, I went through December and I said, all right, Lord, correct me, correct me. Don't ever pray that prayer unless you really want God to do that. <laughs> because he corrected me. Oh, my goodness, did he correct me. I, I mean, and, and I'll tell you, there, there are two primary areas where the Lord be, really talked to me about. Number one was in the area of the love walk and walking in love and things. And I thought I was doing pretty okay in that area. And I, <laughs> That's great. <laughs> but I thought I was doing okay in that area. And the Lord began to show me all the areas where I've been missing it. And you know, when the Lord does that, it never comes with condemnation. It never comes where he's just like beating you up and you feel like you're the, the worst person that ever lived. He's not that way. He loves us. And so his, his correction always comes with encouragement and affirmation and love. And, and you feel lifted up when he does this. And, and truly, that's what happened to me. So, you know, I'd be sitting there and he'd show me these things where I'm missing it. And I'm like, oh, man. So I have to make some changes. And I've been taking steps along that line of, of doing these things. But the second area that the Lord has really talked a lot to me about, and really in the month of December even, uh, is in the area of prosperity. And just how I look at this. And Pastor JC had said this, you know, we, we all have things in our life where it's like that poverty thing tries to get a hold of us and we got to get it off of us. Well, you know what, I've, I've been on a journey now for a while where the Lord's been dealing with me about this. About two years ago, uh, we were back here for Winter Bible Seminar, actually. And uh, so I was uh, praying in the morning at the prayer, you know, the prayer time they have there uh, with Miss Lynette Hagen. And um, 
I don't know what she was praying about. I just know what the Lord was talking to me about while we were praying. But, but he began to talk to me about something along this line. And he said something to me that absolutely surprised me. He said, he said you know, you've done, really, oh, you've done well so far up until this point where my provision in your life is concerned. You've done well in believing and you know, walking in it and so on and so forth. He said, however your current level of provision is insufficient for your future mission. And I began to think about that. And I thought, Lord, what, what about that? And then he began to just talk to me about this subject of, of prosperity and how one thing he said to me was this. He said, you, in, in 20, uh, well, at that point, it was 26, 25, 20, 24 years, I guess, of ministry, full time. He said, you've never taught on this subject. And he said, you've shortchanged the people. He said, I want you to immediately take, you know, adjust that in your life and start teaching on it. And so, you know, I did. I took some steps along that, you know, in that direction and so forth and continue to follow, you know, and so forth as I, I feel led. But um, as I began to journey through this, uh, I, I was shocked to find out how much of a poverty mindset that I had. And I thought I was doing, you know, because you're a missionary, you, you got to believe God for finances and, you know, all these projects and all these things. And I thought, you know, I'm doing okay in this area. <laughs> and the Lord began to show me, you've got poverty mentality and some things. And I remember one of the days that we, were, we got back to Singapore, uh, a few months later, we were just sitting there. We went out to eat with one of our uh, students, you know, young lady. And so she, uh, she had uh, come to our, actually came to our house one day. She said, can I come by? I have something for you. Yeah, sure, come. So she came. She dropped something off for us. And, um, and it actually was some equipment of uh, some video equipment and things for us, uh, some things that I actually had been thinking about I'd like to get. And uh, she drops this off. She says, I just feel in my heart I'm supposed to give this to you. And we we're like, well, praise the Lord. And so then a couple days later, we went out to eat lunch with her. And we're sitting there at lunch and talking at the table. And she says, I have some more things I want to give you. And she starts, you know, giving me all these different things. And here's what happened. This rose up in me. I was like, you don't have to do that. Oh, oh, no, don't do that. It's okay. It's okay. You really don't. Why are you doing You don't have to do this. And so I'm saying that to her. And on the inside of me, the Holy Ghost said, one of your greatest problems in your life is that you have too much pride. You don't know how to receive. <laughs> and that's hindering you and walking in my blessings. And I was like, and, I, and I'm like having an argument with God. I'm going, no, I don't. And, I'm going, and to this person, I'm going, you don't have to do that. You don't. And in my heart, I'm going, no, you don't. And I'm like this you know, thing going on while we're all sitting at the lunch table. And the Lord's using this person to confront this area of my life where I had a poverty mentality, didn't even know that I did. And it was hindering me in receiving. So I had to learn to just swallow and say, thank you. Thank you so much. Praise the Lord. Thank you. And since that time, I've had several situations where someone has came and blessed us with something, and, and, and I had to just go put down the flesh, resist pride, and just say, thank you. Thank you so much. Praise the Lord. But do you know that my thankfulness and my gratitude and my humility to receive has opened a door for God to bless us further? Hallelujah. One of the reasons why people are failing to enter in and experience blessings from God is because they're pushing them away because they're prideful. <laughs> and they're resisting the very thing that the Lord wants to do in their life. And so God is endeavoring to teach us how to walk in humility and just receive. Last summer, we came home. 
And, uh, you know, we were here, actually, I guess it was in June or July. Well, we're here a couple times, I guess, <laughs> anyway. Uh, but uh, when we were home, we, we kind of decided really late to come back to the U.S. Uh, and we did this time as well, actually. But, but when we came uh, to the U.S. last summer, uh, we were kind of going back and forth. Should we go? Should we not go? Finally, you know, we just decided we're going to, it seemed okay to do it, seemed right to do it, so we made the decision to come. Well, we, uh, we went to a, a, a minister's retreat. We had that on our heart to go. And uh, I won't go into all the details, but we just felt in our heart we were supposed to go. And, you know, it's very important for you to follow the leading of the Lord in your life, especially when it doesn't make sense, <laughs> especially when it seems like it's not convenient to do it. And so we felt like we needed to be at this place. And, you know, it wasn't really that convenient, but, you know, we liked those people. We liked to be with them and, you know, all of that. So we just went ahead and went. And we're sitting there, you know, we're enjoying it. I mean, it's a wonderful time. Uh, but there was a person that was there, and they got up, and they were talking and just sharing some things from the Word and so forth. And they just said this, that the Lord had put in their heart that anyone there who was a missionary... They wanted to make sure, their, their church was going to cover their entire expenses for the whole summer. Hallelujah. And we're like going, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know, and we're, we're like, you know, listening, you know. So is there any like, you know, fine print to this thing? You know, is it, you know, we're going to cover it if, you know. But it was just, we're going to do that. And, and, so, and so the Lord, before we even really got into the whole summer, because see, he knew we'd be thinking about this. Because you see, normally when you, when you plan a trip, you have to do it months in advance, especially where summer is concerned. If you're a missionary, because you contact all the churches and they're going, we've already got five other missionaries coming. We can't, we'd love to have you, but we can't have you because we're just full. And we understand that. And there's a lot of activities. There's a lot of things going on. So we actually didn't have that many churches to, to you know, speak at like we normally would have. And the Lord knew that we would be concerned about that. So he led us to this place, and here we are, and, and we get blessed. Amen. Hallelujah. And I think about times like this. I remember back in 1996, man, I sound like Brother Hagen now, but anyway, I, I, I remember back in 1996, we were back, we, we were just newly minted missionaries. We'd only been doing it for a couple of years, and uh, we were really struggling, I mean, financially and every other way, too. And um, <laughs> we were back in the States, and we, I just got in my heart Brother Hagen was having a Holy Ghost meeting over in Canton, Ohio. And we were in Pennsylvania, where my wife is from at that time. And, uh, and I told her, I said, I really feel like we need to go to that meeting. And she said, we don't have the money. It looks like we don't have the money. I said, I know. She said, it's going to cost us, you know, hotel. And, you know, and, and we don't really have the time to do this. It wasn't really convenient. And then about a day or two before we left, I got kind of sick. I had some symptoms in my body. I had to get that off of me, you know, and resist that and everything. There's a lot of reasons why we shouldn't go. But do you know to this day, 24 years later almost, we are still living off of things that we receive from those meetings. That absolutely changed our life. My wife got healed of a disease that had come on her that she couldn't, she, she'd been resisting and standing against it and hadn't, you know, yet got the breakthrough or whatever. And then the Lord came to her, personally came to her one day, stood before her and talked to her at that meeting, talked to her about an area of her life where she needed to make a simple adjustment where her love walk was concerned. And the moment she made that adjustment, that night, Brother Hagen had an altar call for people to be healed of, of things. She was instantly set free, never had a problem again. 
that same meeting, we saw a move of the Holy Ghost that impacted my life forever. To this day, impacts my life. Things that I encountered and experienced there, I, I was like, I've never seen this before. It was like something was imparted to us. That same meeting, we met a, a, a pastor who began to have us come to their church, and, and it was, uh, there was a season of time. They, they ended up, eventually, they closed their church down and moved elsewhere and did other things. But, but for that season, it was a, a great blessing to us. But then one of the other things that happened was uh, when we were there, before we ever got to that meeting, it was about, this was in probably June or I guess June that we were at that meeting, uh, about February or March of that year, I was praying in the Spirit in, Esto in Estonia when we were there. And uh, the Lord gave me a tongue and interpretation for myself, which was at that time, I'd never had that happen before. And I thought, this is different. But part of the message the Lord gave me was, he said, I'm getting ready to bless you tremendously financially. And he said, you need, there's a tremendous opportunity coming your way. And basically he said, pay attention and be looking for it. And then he said this, about the fall of this year, you will begin to see tremendous blessing coming to you. And I was like, well, praise the Lord. That's wonderful. So we're, uh, you know, I'm, I kind of had my spiritual antenna up. I'm looking for this. Well, when we went to that meeting, a friend of ours came up to us and said, can I share with you, I've got, a, I've got an opportunity. And normally I would be like, you know, get thee behind me, Satan. I don't want to hear anything, you know, kind of thing with that. But he said, I have this opportunity. And, and so because I'd had this experience and the Lord was directing us, I just felt to go ahead and, and, and you know, we listened to it. And we went back to our hotel room and we prayed about it. And we just had a piece about doing it. So we made the decision to, to go ahead with this. And do you know the Lord ended up blessing us out of that thing? I think we got, I, I think the Lord blessed us to the tune of more than, I think it was more than $20,000, something like that, from that simple thing. And you know, I'm so grateful that we did that because it got us out of debt and it also gave us finances that we were, eventually we were able to purchase our apartment that we were living in, in Estonia, and do some things with that. And, and you know, it was just a wonderful thing. But you know, I think about this. We just, I didn't have like, Jesus didn't appear to me and say, go over here. I didn't have an angel come, you know, and appear to me. I didn't have, it was kind of like I just had a desire. Yeah. And I was thinking about this for you today, and, and one of the things, I'm really not in my message yet, I'm just simply giving you some, <laughs> yeah, well, I kind of am, but I'm really giving you just some pre, pre uh, some appetizers, we'll call it that. <laughs> but I was thinking about this, that every time in my life that I have seen my financial situation improve, it's always begun with a dissatisfaction of the status quo. So for some of you, you're dissatisfied right now. Good. That's wonderful. That's the beginning of change. Amen. Because, you know, if you continue just doing everything you're doing the way you've always done it, nothing will ever change. Amen. So it begins with a dissatisfaction of the status quo, but then it comes, then I found in my life, then a direction comes in the form of a desire. So, you know, several people just testified how they have received new jobs. And I thought about in my own life times when I got a new job. I remember in 1980, uh, when was that, 83, 80, no, 84, I guess it was, somewhere in there, 84, 85. Uh, I was working in, in, at a particular job at a company, and it was an exterminating company. And so we would go do all these, you know, uh, treatments and things like that for homes and businesses. But it was a mom and, do, a mom and pop business, and so only the family members had the top, you know, uh, 
places in that company. And, and you know, the rest of us were just workers, basically. And really didn't get paid all that much. And I was praying. I said, Lord, I know you. I was really dissatisfied. Lord, you want to bless me. I want to be blessed. I want to have more income. And so I'm seeking the Lord about it. And the Lord gave me an idea. And I came to my boss and proposed to them. I said, what would you think about this? That if I were able to maybe, you know, sell a few uh, contracts to some people, you know, to do monthly service for them, would you, would you be willing to give me a commission off of that? And I mean, you guys would get more business, so you generate more revenue, and I would get more income, which is good for me. And, uh, and so, yeah, they were like, yeah, we'll do that. And they made it kind of like a, uh, you know, for everybody could do it. Well, I was the only one who actually did anything with it, as far as I remember. And um, maybe one other guy did a couple of sales, I don't know. But I kind of started with that. But it really wasn't going to just take off and do a whole lot. But that was the beginning of something in me. Something had dropped in my heart. Well, a few months later, I just happened to open the newspaper, and there was an advertisement in there for another exterminating company that was an, a national, actually an international company. They're, at the time, they were a Fortune 500 company. I don't know if they are now, but, uh, but then they were. And they were advertising. We need, a, we, we need somebody. And I don't know why. To this day, I just, it just inside me, I just felt like, I just want to call them and just see what the position pays and what, you know. So I called the, 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 the branch manager up. What, what about this? And he, he explained a little bit about it to me. And he said, uh, would you want to come for an interview? I said, well, I, I guess I could. And he said, well, can you come right now? He's real aggressive. Can you come right now? I said, well, I, I've got time. I could come today, I, I'm, but I'm really not, you know, thinking I'm going to take the job. I just wanted to find out some details. You know, I'm kind of like kicking the tires at the used car lot. And so uh, I went to that and sat down with him. And I mean, he, he just, he asked me a few questions. You know, I shared with him what I've been doing, so on and so forth. And on the spot, he offered me the job. He said, the job's yours if you want it. I said, wait a minute. I just really was here to just get some information. He said, well, the, the, do you want the job? I said, can you give me a little bit of time to think about it? He said, I'll give you one day. And I'm like, <laughs> you know. So I went back home and the whole, and I had to drive about 40 minutes to, you know, to my home from that place. So I had a time in the, in the car with the Lord. And I'm talking to him. I said, Lord, <laughs> I wasn't expecting this. What do, you, what do I do about this? And, and, but Because I, I was telling him, I've been telling him, I, I want to have, have more in my life. I want to be blessed. And, and I, on the inside of me, that still small voice said, why don't you take a step of faith and trust me? I want to bless you. That was all I had. I had that and I had the peace of God. So I said, I called the man back up. I said, I'll take the job. Turned in my notice, took that job. And, to, and, and ended up working for that company for a couple of years. And uh, over the process of time, the Lord blessed me tremendously, tremendously. Hallelujah. But, you know, I think about this, that it comes in the form of a direction, in the form of a desire. I had a desire towards that end. I'd never sold anything in my life. But the Lord put a desire in my heart. Well, the Bible says he gives you the desires of your heart. Yeah. Hallelujah. See, one way you can find out what the Lord wants you to do with your life is look at where your desires are. Now, if you, if you just desire the Indianapolis Colts to win the Super Bowl, that's not what we're talking about, okay? <laughs> but I'm talking about what, what things you desire, like, like if you could just do anything. What, we were just talking with a young person the other day, and, and he was sharing about what he does and so forth, and he's a prison guard in, a, in a, another state and so forth. And, and, uh, but he has in his heart, he wants to do something for the Lord. So I just said, well, wait a minute. I said, 
if you could just do anything you wanted to do right now, and God said it's perfectly okay whatever you decide to do, what would you do? And without hesitation, go, I'd be a missionary. I'd say, well, there you go. There's the call of God on your life. Go be a missionary. Now you know the direction. Now you have a responsibility to start training yourself and take steps that way. And so we're encouraging them, you need to go to Rhema and get trained, hallelujah, and get developed and get some word in you and get some things that you need so that you'll be able to do that. But, that's, but that desire is in his heart, you see. And see, God's desire for your life is probably already in your heart. If you can just find it, you'll discover it, then you can walk through and do what he's called you to do. And his desire for your life, we'll look at in a minute, is blessing. He wants to increase you. He wants to bless you. He wants you to have influence that goes far beyond where you're at currently right now. Because your influence will affect other lives. And it will spread the kingdom of God in the earth. Hallelujah. So you see this, that it begins with a dissatisfaction, then a direction in the form of a desire. Then a step of faith. I found this in my own life. This is the pattern that the Lord's used in my life. A step of faith following the peace in my heart. And every time it stretched me. Every time. It has never been comfortable for me. I had to step out of the boat and walk on the water. I had to get out of my comfort zone. When the Lord began to talk to us about moving to Estonia... And we, we uh, had, uh, the, the invitation was given to us in, in July of 1993. Would you be willing to come to Estonia and to oversee our Bible school and to help us in what we're doing there, our friends of ours that were there? And, um, man, I'd wanted to go to the former Soviet Union for years. I'd prayed about this. I'd cried about it. I'd say, Lord, I want to go. And when the opportunity finally came, I said, Lord, I don't want to go. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not ready, Lord. I don't think this is you. And I just was like, oh. And my wife was like, we need to do this. This is God. And I'm like, get thee behind me, woman. You know, I'm almost like that. <laughs> but, you know, I, I just, I was in my head. I wasn't in my heart. I was thinking about it more than I was looking in my heart. Because my heart was saying, go, go, go. It's time. My head was saying, stop. <laughs> and so I had to pray through that and get to a place where finally I got quiet enough in my spirit that I could listen. And, and then I saw, no, I have peace about it. I need to go. But we, we moved to Estonia and just really following that leading of the Lord, we didn't have an angel write a message in the clouds. We didn't have Brother Hagin come by and give us a personal word. I would have loved if he did. In fact, for a few months, I was in his meetings, and I would kind of, you know, make sure I leaned forward in the chair when he walked by. You know, I thought, maybe if I get my head out there, he'll come by and put his hand on it and say something. That didn't work. He, didn't, he just ignored me. <laughs> and so I didn't get anything like that. But what I did have was a peace on the inside of me. And you can follow that peace of God. It's a safe guide for you. Hallelujah. But I've always noticed this. It's a step of faith following that peace, and it's always stretched me. It stretched us to move to Estonia. We both had good paying jobs. We both were doing pretty well. And, and, and we had, you know, we were at a good place financially and all of that, out of debt and so forth. And, and, we, and we had to quit all of that and then move there and with no promise of income at all because we could not work in that country. So, and they told us at that time, you need to believe God for $1,000 a month. And it doesn't sound like very much, but back then it sounded like, might as well said a million dollars. And so we had to believe for that. Well, we had a, uh, some people had pledged and promised that they would support us financially if we win, and so we had about uh, $550 pledged. 
you know, to go. So that's still a lot less than what we need. But we had peace in our hearts. And so you can follow that peace. And so that peace led us to that step of faith. And we see here's the difference between here's the difference between faith and presumption, the leading of the Holy Spirit, the peace of God. If you, if you can follow the leading of the Holy Spirit and you know the peace of God, then you can operate in faith every time. Hallelujah. And I've had so many times in life where the Lord gave us an assignment or gave us a direction, and, I, and we didn't have the money at the time, but we had peace. So we followed the peace, and the money came. And that's what happened when we went to Estonia. Hallelujah. So you'll find this in your life. You'll probably see a pattern like this. Now, something else, I, I had the Lord say this to me yesterday when I was praying about this, uh, about this service. The Lord gave me a very interesting word. I never, never thought of this before. He used the word dispensary. Dispensary. And I felt like he was saying this about this church. This church is a dispensary. And I had to look it up. I, I kind of knew what it meant, but I, I had to look it up. Uh, you know, dispensary is often used in the medical field to describe, uh, you know, like we go to a medical dispensary. Or nowadays, you know, they're trying to raise up all these uh, medical marijuana places. You know, they call it a marijuana dispensary. I won't go into all that, but anyway. But, but the idea is you have something, and it's there, and it's dispensed to other people. People come and get it. People come and take it out and give it to other people. And I, and I sensed in my heart that the Lord was saying this about you as a church, that you're a dispensary, that he's depositing things in your lives. He's depositing things in this church that are not only for this community and not only for individuals in this community, but actually will go far beyond this community. Hallelujah. And impact things all around the world. Actually, you already are. But you ain't seen nothing yet. Amen. And, and it's like, I just saw this like a dispensary that was so full and overflowing with things. It's like this, this warehouse of things, and it's just blessing after blessing. It's like, do you need healing? That's on aisle three. We've got a lot of that. You need provision? That's on aisle two. It's over. We've got a ton of that as well. I mean, whatever is needed. Hallelujah. And, and I just felt like the Lord was saying this about you as a church. You're a dispensary. That's exciting, because that means he's about, to, he's about to deposit a whole lot of stuff in you as a church, hallelujah, and it's going to be more and more and more, hallelujah, but to the point that you're going to overflow with it, and, and people are, some people will come in and just grab it and go. Praise God for that. We have drive-through blessings. They'll just drive through, grab it and go. Amen. Some will come and stay. And others will, you know, here that are in this, you know, community of believers will just take hold of things and take it out and represent it in the community. And it's just going to spread near and far. Yeah. Hallelujah. And it's exciting. Hallelujah. So I, all that's just my, really just a couple of sentences in my notes. <laughs> so now I want to share with you what I, <laughs> the message now. Uh, but, but, you know, past, I know Pastor JC has been talking some to you about finances and blessing. But what about God's desire for us? What about his desire for us? Because if we, like I said, he gives you the desires of your heart. So really what he does is he puts his desire for your life in your life. Amen. When I was, you know, in my, my 20s, I began to sense in my heart there was something he wanted me to do. And as I prayed about it and sought him, he began to show me. His desire for my life was to serve him full time in ministry. But his desire became my desire. Hallelujah. He gave me the desire of my heart. So if we can find out 
what the Lord's desire is for us, that will help us then to know the course and direction for our life. So there's several scriptures along this line that we'll share with you. The first one's found over in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3. And probably for many of you, these are all very familiar. But Ephesians 1 and verse 3, it says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, now notice this, who has blessed us, has blessed us, with what? Every spiritual blessing. There on the, on the board it says all spiritual blessings. Hallelujah. All spiritual blessings or every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. So this, this scripture shows us that we have been blessed. Now we often say to one another, God bless you. And you know, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Because that, you know, we want God to bless people. But really, if we were going to be technically accurate, we would not say, God bless you. We would say, God has blessed you. You are blessed. Amen. And, uh, and really, that's the truth of the matter. God has already provided for you. He's already blessed you with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Those already belong to you. That's, so in other words, they're in your possession right now. You don't have to do anything to earn them or to get God to do something for you. He's already done everything he's going to do. He's handed you the title and the keys and everything, and it's yours. You're blessed. Hallelujah. And so that's the first thing that we need to understand is concerning his blessing. Then over in John chapter 10, we see this. John chapter 10, Jesus actually makes a statement here about why he came to this earth and what he came to do. And he said in John 10 and verse 10, the thief, he's talking about Satan, does not come except to kill, to steal, and to destroy. Now notice this. But I have come that you might have life and have that life more abundantly. Hallelujah. That's the blessed life. The blessed life. So it's not just that we have life, we're born again. Thank God for the new birth. Thank God for salvation. If we did not receive anything else from the Lord but salvation and eternal life, we could shout and dance and praise him for all eternity. Amen. Thank God for that. That's the most important thing. But God has not stopped with just your salvation. He has provided for you everything that blesses you, everything that would help you, that you would not only have eternal life, but in this life, before heaven, you would have life and have it more abundantly. Hallelujah. He wants you to have abundant life. Hallelujah. Thank God that we... See, there's a difference between existing and thriving. He's not talking about existing. He's talking about thriving. He's, talk, he's talking about, man, we're just blessed. Everywhere I look, I'm just blessed. It's just overflowing my life. That's what Jesus came to provide for you. Hallelujah. So when we talk about prosperity, really we're not talking about financial prosperity. We're talking about in every area of your life. Because I like to say this, I often tell our students this in Singapore. You know, if you just limit it just to finances, then uh, what if you're the richest person in the world? You're di dying of a terminal disease. You're not prosperous <laughs> because that money ain't going with you. You might be able to buy yourself a nice funeral and a nice casket and a burial plot, but that's about as much as you're going to be able to do. And, and, you know, you're not prospering. Really, prosperity is to impact every area of our lives. And that's what Jesus is saying here. I want you to have abundant life. I want you to have the blessed life. Hallelujah. We, he doesn't just want us to have the best life. He wants us to have the blessed life. Amen. And that's really true. He came to provide that for us. 
Hallelujah. Now we see this. This is an Old Testament scripture, but I love this scripture so much. In Psalm chapter 35. Because again, this deals with the desire of God for our life. Psalm 35 and verse 27. And it just says, I'll read the last part of this. It says, let the Lord be magnified, who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Hallelujah. Do you know that God takes pleasure? Think about that. He's pleased when you prosper. Amen. See, a lot of times you ask Christians, I mean, I, I ask Christians this all the time. Uh, do you want to live a life that's pleasing to the Lord? Oh, yes. Praise the Lord. Amen. Everybody does. Of course we do. We want God to be pleased with our life. And, you know, do you realize God is pleased when you prosper? Yes. He is displeased when you're not prospering. Yes. Now, he's not displeased at you. He's just not happy about the circumstance in your life. He doesn't like it if you're not doing well. He wants you to thrive. He wants you to have abundance. He wants you to be blessed in life. Yes. Hallelujah. That's his desire for you. Now, it's an interesting thing if you did some study on that word prosperity there. Actually, in the Hebrew, uh, that word pro that's translated prosperity is the word that we know as shalom. And, you know, shalom usually is translated peace. Hallelujah. But it's an interesting word. I, I don't have time to go into uh, all... Well, you know what? I guess I better. So give me a minute here. I didn't have that in my notes. I'll just pull it up real quick on my concordance. Thank God for electronic things. I'm so thankful they came out with this for people like me. <laughs> all right, let me give this to you. And um, the meaning of this word. Now, here it's translated prosperity. But this word, shalom, uh, it means... To be well, to be happy, to have welfare, health, prosperity, peace, favor, to be great, to be in good health, to uh, be at peace, to be at rest, safety, welfare, and for everything to be well and whole in your life. That's, that's the meaning of this. And actually, I'm doing a poor job of even explaining that. If you really study it out more, you'll see even more on that that's, that's given. But the idea behind this is, it's translated prosperity. God wants you to have shalom or blessing in every area of your life. He wants you to be at peace. He wants you to have favor. He wants you to overcome your enemies. He wants you to advance in life. He wants you to be at peace in every area of your life. And along the way financially and provisionally to have abundance and overflow. All of that's part of that. Hallelujah. And he takes pleasure in that. He's pleased when you are blessed. Glory to God. This is his will for our lives. Now, um, all right, let me, let me show you one more here, and then we'll move on ahead. In, uh, th and this is familiar, I know, but 3 John, verse 2. 3 John, verse 2. We all know this, I'm sure. But what a scripture this is, because here he says that I pray that you may prosper in all things. Notice that, all things. Not just some things, not just one thing. All things. That means in every area of life, that you would prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. This is the desire of God for our life. Hallelujah. And so a few years ago, when the Lord began to deal with me about this, I, I began to look at some of these scriptures. And I began to just realize, you know, I've read over them and kind of mentally agreed, said, yeah, 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 thank you, Lord, you want me to prosper. But I never really stopped to think about this. 
And I'll never forget this. I, I, I came across the scripture in 2 Corinthians 9 where it says, he became poor that we would become rich. And the Lord instructed me. He said, I want you to start declaring this over yourself. I am rich. Yes. And do you know when I started doing that, I choked on that word. <laughs> I would say, I am rich. I'm I had a hard time saying that. Had a hard time saying it. Because in my thinking, I wasn't. In my thinking, I'm this poor little guy. I'm this, oh, we're missionaries. You know, we, we, we're missionaries. We, we have needs. We're missionaries, you know. And, and you know what? We're, we're, some, t some years ago, the Lord put, a, put this message in my heart. I've never preached it anywhere, but someday I will. It's called, I'm, I am a missionary. I'm not a, mer I'm not a mercenary, and I'm not a moochinary. <laughs> but you know what? Sometimes as a missionary, you start, to, you start to act that way. You think, you know, you're mooching off of people or you're, you're for hire. And it, no, it's not like that. We're ambassadors of the Most High God. What ambassador is sent from a foreign nation to another nation and they're dressed in rags and they're looking terrible and they smell bad and they're driving a car that keeps breaking down every few miles? No, no ambassador does that. They're representing a, a, a country. Well, we're representing the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen. And the Lord began to just renew my mind and think differently about this. So he said, I want you to start saying you're rich. So now I don't choke on it. I just say, I'm rich. Praise the Lord. I'm now, what does it mean to be rich? To be rich means to have a full supply. Hallelujah. So what we're, we're sometimes people get off and miss it where prosperity is concerned. They try to define prosperity by the amount of money in their bank account or their IRA or whatever, or the, the, the possessions that they have. If I have this or if I have this one, oh, I'm prospering. No, you're not. That, that's not how you measure prosperity. Really, I like to say it this way. When I, when I define prosperity for our students in Singapore, uh, one of the things that I like to say is this. Number one, it's having a full supply. But number two, it means the ability to access heaven's resources at any moment for any purpose. Yes. Hallelujah. Because you're not always going to have in your pocket what you need for that situation. Even Jesus did not. You know, you read about this in the Gospels. Remember the story when he fed the multitudes? And he said to his disciples, you feed them. <laughs> he was testing them. He was trying to get them to operate in the supernatural. And he said, you feed them. And, and so the one disciple says, well, Lord, <laughs> you know, 300 denarii here is not enough to feed all these people. And uh, we, we read that and just read over that and don't think anything about it. But do you realize one denarius is a day's wage in their day? And he said, what, 200 or 300? I forget which it is now. So you do the math, and it's either seven to, seven to 10 months of wages. They were walking around with that. That was what they were carrying on their, their, in their possession. Now, do you walk around every day with seven to 10 months worth of wages? <laughs> Probably not. But they were. And yet that wasn't enough to meet that need. Even though they had all of that, it wasn't enough to feed all those people. And that's what Philip was saying. It's not enough, Lord. Well, you know what? Jesus just stepped over into the supernatural and multiplied the loaves and the fish, and the need was met. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then you come to Acts chapter 3, around verse 6 or so, you'll notice that Peter and John were on their way to the temple to pray, and they encountered a man who was lame, who had never walked in his life, laid at the gate yeah. beautiful. And this man was begging and expecting to receive something from them, so he, he's asking for alms. And Peter, you know, said to the man, look on us. And the man looking at them, expecting to receive something from them, fastened his eyes on them. And then Peter says to him, silver and gold have I none. Yeah. 
But such as I have, I give to you. Such as I have. See, he had access to heaven's resources. And what that man needed at that point wasn't silver and gold. He needed a touch from God. Hallelujah. Sometimes what people need, we think they need something in one area, but actually they don't. They need something in another area. And if they get that in that other area, it's going to change everything else for them. Hallelujah. And so Peter was accessing heaven's resources at that point. He was actually operating in prosperity in blessing and meeting the need of that man. Hallelujah. So that's really a definition for us. Now, I know that Pastor JC's been talking some with you about Galatians 3, but real quickly, let me just give you some things on that. In Galatians chapter 3, we have this blessing that is, that is mentioned to us, that we have the blessing of Abraham. And in Galatians 3, verse 7, notice that it says, Therefore know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, In you all the nations shall be blessed. So God prophetically declared that we would be blessed way back there when he called Abraham. And then it goes on to say this in verse 9, So then, those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. Now we are of faith. Hallelujah. If you're born again, Hallelujah. Now, if you're not born again, you can receive Christ and you can, you can, get a, you can join into this. You can, you can be put into this blessing. But for everyone that has received Christ as their Lord and Savior, they are blessed. Hallelujah. You have the blessing. Well, that's great, but what is it? What is the blessing of Abraham? Well, when you look in the Old Testament at the blessing of Abraham, the blessing of Abraham really was in four main areas. Number one, it had to do with wealth. You'll see this in Genesis 13 and verse 2. Abraham was very rich in livestock and goods and possessions and so forth. He was a wealthy man. He was blessed in that area. Number two, Abraham was blessed in his health. Because you never read about Abraham being sick. In fact, when he was a very old man after Sarah had died, he still is producing children. Hallelujah. I won't go into all the details of that, but I mean, that's, you know before there was any miracle drugs or anything. I mean, you know, and, and, and he was a healthy, strong man. Hallelujah. Blessed. Physically. Then we see this. No, number three, he had supernatural victory over his enemies. Because we read about the story of Lot and how Lot was taken captive with all the people of Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham, it says, armed his servants in his household, and they went out and fought those kings and absolutely destroyed them and their armies. Supernaturally. Hallelujah, victory over his enemies. And then the, the fourth area that we see with Abraham is he had favor in every relationship. Favor in every relationship. Even when he messed up, he still had favor. Because at one point, he lied about his wife. To, to the king of the Philistines, he said, she's my sister. <laughs> and the king was going to take her and make her his wife. And the Lord intervened and stopped him. And, uh, you know, then the king said to Abraham, what is this you have done? You know, you, you've done wrong to me. Why? You know, kind of rebuked him over it, mad, upset with him. <laughs> and Abraham prayed for him. The Lord healed him in his household. And, uh, and he had favor with this guy. But you see, God has pronounced a blessing of favor upon your life. Everything you do is to prosper and to succeed. Even when you don't do things perfectly. Have you figured out yet you don't always do everything perfectly? <laughs> Has anyone made a mistake or two this week already? <laughs> Amen. I'll put up both my hands. Amen. We don't do everything right. 
God is not demanding perfection of you. He just wants you to walk in the blessing that he's bestowed upon you. And if you'll yield to that and walk in it, his blessing on your life brings favor. That you have favor in every relationship. I remember when I began to get a hold of this, that, that job I mentioned that I took when I was an exterminator and I was selling pest control for this you know, company. And uh, I would sit down sometimes with clients, and I'll never forget this. They would be so mad at me. Mad. I mean mad. Their veins are sticking out. Their face is turning purple sometimes. And swearing, cussing, you know. I can't believe this blankety-blank thing is so blankety-blank expensive. You guys are just ripping me off. And, and the whole time they're yelling like that. And they're signing the contract. <laughs> That's favor. That's favor when you have things like that happening. Hallelujah. And God, God just blessed me. And I got a hold of this truth about that his favor surrounds me. His favor is on my life. That everything I do prospers and succeeds because his hand is on me. Hallelujah. And you see, when you get a hold of that, you can walk in that. But that, that's the blessing of Abraham that has been given to you. Now look at verse 14. Verse 14 of Galatians 3. It says, The blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Yeah. Hallelujah. Then if you go down to uh, verse 29, it says, And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Hallelujah. So it's very clear that the blessing of Abraham has been given to us, and that actually we don't have to do anything to get it. The only thing we have to do is receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Amen. Once you've done that, you are placed into that blessing. Now, here's the thing about that blessing. I'm always amazed at this. People don't really have too much difficulty believing the Jews are God's blessed people. Have you ever noticed that? We say, oh, they're Jewish. Well, yeah, they're just blessed, man. They're blessed. Everything they do, they're just blessed. It just seems like everything they do, they have, man, they just, it just turns out well for them. They prosper. They're just blessed because they're God's people. They're God's covenant people. They're a blessed people. And we say that, and it's true. It's true. But you are just as equally blessed as they are. The same blessing they are enjoying the benefits of is actually the same one that has been passed on to you because in Christ that blessing was bestowed on you. So why do we have trouble saying that about ourselves? Those Christians, they're just so blessed. Everything they do prospers and succeeds. It just seems like they rise to the top. They're always doing something. Why don't we say that about ourselves? Because God, the devil knows there is a, a principle here of what we say and how we speak of ourselves. And if he, doesn't, if he can get involved with that and get us to say something else about ourselves, then he has the opportunity to possibly defeat us in life. And one of the reasons why people are not prospering is because of this right here, what they're saying. I'll show you this now. I'm getting way ahead of myself in my notes. But I want to I share some things with you about positioning yourself to walk in these blessings. Because yes, we're blessed, and this belongs to us. And it shows us that I'm a son of Abraham. I'm blessed with believing Abraham. The blessing of Abraham has come on me, and I'm an heir of Abraham because I'm Christ. That, that everything, all, all four of those statements are found there in Galatians 3. Hallelujah, that's what that means. But now, what about this positioning ourselves to walk in and experience the blessing? I already said this, number one, you have to be born again. If you're born again, though, you're entered into it. But then second to that 
and I don't have time to go into a lot of detail on this, but I'll just share this. But Psalm, Psalm chapter 1, the first psalm, tells us this. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, really the word of God. He shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water who bring forth his fruit in its season, and you know, so on and so forth. And then notice that. His leaf does not wither, and whatever he does prospers. Whatever, I, I tell you what, isn't it wonderful that whatever you do prospers? Everything you do, success, success. I, I did this, boom, prosperity, blessing, favor, abundance. That's God's plan for your life. But it all begins, notice in the context, it all begins with our attitude towards the word of God. So if you want to position yourself to walk in the blessing, you have to abide in the word. You have to fill your life up with the word. You can't have a casual relationship with God's word. If you just read a couple of scriptures as a cold snack once a week, you're probably not going to walk in a lot of the blessings that are available to you. Because number one, you're not going to know about them. <laughs> and then number two, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. So it's going to be pretty hard to walk in faith where that's concerned. So we need to fill our lives up with the word. That, and I'm, I'm not going to say, you know, what to do or how much to do, but just to encourage you, fill your life up with the word. You know, the Lord's put in my heart a reading plan that I'm doing, and it stretches me. It's not easy to do, but I've been able to stay with it and do it. And I tell you what, it's blessing me. And my reading plan, now I'm not saying everybody has to do this. By no means is anybody else supposed to just copy what I'm doing, but this is what the Lord told me to do. Not necessarily other people. But I, I felt in my heart that I'm to read through the entire Old Testament two times a year, the entire New Testament six times a year. Now, when I say that, there are portions of each or that, that I read more frequently. So, for example, the Psalms, I read five of those every day. In one month's time, then I read through the whole Psalms. The Proverbs, I read one a day. Because in one month's time, you read through all of those. And I want wisdom from God. Amen. But then in the New Testament... I really want to focus more on the epistles, that's Romans through Jude, you know, those letters to the Christians and the churches. So those, I'm actually reading through those every two weeks. And so I read, uh, to do that in my Bible that I have, I counted it all out, I have to read like 10 chapters a day of that. But that's just, now I'm not, that's not for everybody to do. But for me, it's necessary because I felt I need to be more in the Word, I need to be familiar with what the Bible says. I, and I'm finding the more that I do this, I'll be out somewhere having a conversation. Somebody will say something, and I'll say, wait a minute, the Bible says this. And I just, boom, there's a verse. Boom, there's a verse. There's a, and I have answers from God. Hallelujah. In the past, I'd have to say, I don't know. Let me go look that up. And I'd have to study for hours. But because I'm familiar with it, it's just there. But also, it's, it's affecting me in terms of my relationship with God. You see, you're blessed. Why? Because you're putting the word of God in a place of priority in your life. And so I'm not saying do what I do, but, but ask the Lord, how much do you want me to read? How much do you want me to do this? And then follow the plan he gives you. Then second to this, another thing that we need to understand is what John 15 says. John 15, Jesus makes this statement. He says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it will be given unto you. Now, we just talked about the abiding in the word part. We saw that in Psalm 1. But abiding in the Lord, what does that mean? That speaks of fellowship and relationship. Too many Christians have a very cold and informal relationship with the Lord. God wants us to be on fire for him. How do we get ourselves to be on fire? 
We need to fall in love with him. How do you fall in love with him? By spending time with him. So I, I, one of the things that I've been doing that's been a great blessing to me, I spend time every day praying in other tongues, just praying in the Holy Ghost, fellowshipping with him. And then I'll pray and talk to him about different things. I worship him. I tell, I tell you, it's so wonderful. I just love just being alone with him and beginning to pray and worship in other tongues. And then, you know, just yesterday I was doing that. And as I was doing that in the morning, I was thinking about all of this. But, but the Lord began to just speak things to me and give direction to me. And there's a freshness in my fellowship with the Lord. God wants you to have a fresh fellowship with him. Hallelujah. Not a stale relationship. And so we abide in him. Then, then number four is abiding in love. Oh, this is so important, the love that we have, the love walk, being quick to forgive people, being uh, quick to repent if we've done wrong. And like I said, the Lord began to talk to me. I won't, I won't step on your toes too much here. <laughs> but the Lord began to talk to me about this. And uh, he said, you know, the love walk extends to your attitude towards politicians. <laughs> and I began to think, oh, Lord, <laughs> what have I said? <laughs> What have I said? What have I thought about some of these people? <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I just began to realize I, I can't do that. I have to have the right attitude towards them. I have to love them. Now, you know what? If, they, if they're wrong, and some of them are, then what do I do? I pray for them. I, I, I pray that God will help them. Uh, and, and, you know, if they're, if they're doing something that I know is not right, I'm not going to just approve of their actions or go along with it. But I, I can disagree without being disagreeable. I can, I can say, no, that's not right, that's not scriptural, and I can still maintain an attitude of love. And, and so the Lord began to talk to me about some of those things. Because we're living in this country right now in a climate where there's a lot of people yelling at each other. And it's so easy to just fall into that, and you're there, you're yelling at the TV, you know, how many people in their privacy of their living room are yelling at their TV? Oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm sure a lot. I know I've done it. But you know what? I can't do that anymore. Can't do that anymore. Because the love of God is on the inside of me. And you see, that love, don't have time to go into all of that, but that love will put you in a position where the blessings of God overflow your life. Yeah. And sometimes what's happening is people are blessed of the Lord, but they're not walking in it because they're not walking in love. Yes, yes, yes. And God wants us to walk in love. So um, then there's some natural things. Some natural things that have to do with positioning ourselves. And, the, and, and this is, a, I want to recommend a book to you to read, if you guys are able to get it. I know you can. Um, but it's called Biblical Keys to Financial Prosperity. Biblical Keys to Financial Prosperity, written by, by Brother Hagen. But in that book, uh, he said there are three reasons why people fail to walk in prosperity. And, uh, he, he, and these are all natural areas. And so the, the three reasons were, number one, is he said laziness. They don't work and they're not diligent. So they just want to sit at home and do nothing. No, it doesn't work that way. Number two, he said, because of extravagance and excesses, that they're living beyond their means or they have lusts for things that causes overspending. And, you know, we've all probably been guilty of that at one time or another. But that's another reason why sometimes people fail to walk in prosperity. And then number three, he said, poor money management. Poor money management. They're not budgeting properly. Things like that. And, and these are very simple things, but yet they're very, they're, they're very profound because they will affect how we live our life. Okay, so I, I just wanted you to see these things. Now, one last thing I want to get to before I finish, and, and I, I touched on this, is the importance of your words. 
Because when you sow, the Bible talks about sowing and reaping. And we know that, uh, for example, in the area of finances, if we give, we expect to receive back from the Lord. And he promised that he would do that. But we don't often think about this. What are we doing with our words? Because it's not enough just to plant the seed of finances. God also wants us to sow the seed of words. And going back to something that happened to me in 2008, um, when we had that economic thing that happened here in this country, you know, all these companies started going bankrupt and so forth. And we were living in Singapore at that time. And prior to that, there was, we had noticed in our life on paper, uh, our finances had gone down about one third, uh, you know, because of different things. And then the financial crisis hit in the U.S. <laughs> and, uh, Man, you know, we're, we're having all this, you know, I'm watching the news, and, and it's, it's bad. I mean, they're, they're talking fear, gloom, everything. And then, you know, all these thoughts are coming to me. Hey, you know, all of your supporters are in America. What, what happens if they're being impacted? They, they may not be given to missions anymore. You're probably going to have to come home. You know, all these thoughts are coming. <laughs> and then in the midst of that, uh, we had some things hit us more additionally there. Uh, the person who owns our apartment wanted to increase our rent to the point it was almost doubling. And then uh, there were some other things financially that hit us. And I mean, it was just, I'm going tilt. You know, it's like Jesus said, you, if you have faith, you can move a mountain. Well, I felt like I had a mountain range. You know, there is like the Himalayan mountain range. <laughs> and, uh, and so we were in school one day and we were having a seminar and I forget who was even there speaking or what they were talking about, but I, I just was sitting there and the Lord began to talk to me about this. And he did something really funny to me. You know, God has a sense of humor. And, and he spoke to my heart and he said something. I think I shared about the last time I was here, but, but he spoke to my heart. And it wasn't so much what he said, it was how he sounded when he said it. He used the voice of the Godfather in the Godfather movie. Did I share that with you guys before when I was here? I, th I thought I did. And so some of you hadn't heard this. But it, and it was so funny. He, he said this to me. He goes, what do you want me to do? You tell me and I'll do it for you. You're saying, can God speak like that? Well, yeah, he can use anything. He spoke through a donkey in the Old Testament. I mean, he can use any. So, but as soon as he did that, I started to laugh. I thought it was so funny. Because, you know, uh, just that the whole idea that God would use that voice and sound like that, you know, and, and it was so funny to me, but it lifted all that pressure and stress off of me. I began to laugh about it. But then I thought about it, and I thought, Lord, you you're telling me, what do you want me to do? I'll do it for you. Wow. That, that's, that's a blank check. So I said, I'll get back to you. And, and I, I listed out several things, you know. I, I came back about a, a day or so later, and I said, okay, Lord, this is what I want. This is it. And I listed every single one of these things. And I watched God over a period of about six months check off every single thing on that list. Did every single one of those things. Praise the Lord. But, you know, now here's what I really wanted to get at with that is that when that happened, one of the things the Lord dealt with us about was he took me to the scripture in Genesis 26 where it says Isaac sowed in the land in a time of famine. Now, it's, it's talking about him sowing naturally. In other words, he was a farmer, so he planted his crops. And if you read that, you'll see that God had told him, don't leave where I've put you. Stay put. Don't go to Egypt and just do what you've been doing and I'm going to bless you. So it was in faith to the direction and command of God that Isaac even planted his seed in his field because there's a famine, there's a drought, nobody's getting a harvest at that point. Okay? But now here's what the Lord said to me. 
He said, I want you to stay put and be faithful doing what I've told you to do right in the place that, we've, that I've put you in, in the house that I've given to you. You don't need to move or downsize. Stay right where you're at. I will provide for you and bless you. So we're like, praise God, okay. But then he said this. He said, when you sow your seeds of finances, you need to sow the seed of words with it. Because I hadn't been doing that. And so we realized that we needed to begin speaking faith-filled words over our giving. Every time we gave, we declared the blessing of God is on it. We declared increase was upon it, that his increase is on our lives. Now, here's what happened. At that moment of our lives, we're facing all of that. And like I said, all these areas of things on, on my list were crossed off. But we also had a pretty large debt at that time. And we were facing, you know, we're, we're, we've been working on it. The Lord had given us some plans and helped us, and we'd been able to pay I think probably close to 40% of it, you know, off. And, uh, and really, you know, quicker than really what you naturally would be able to do. And so the Lord had been blessing us. But he gave us this instruction about this. And um, a, a, a little bit of time later, a couple months later, I guess it was, we were in church, just minding our own business. You know, it was, it was, uh, and it was just like a service like this. And it came time for tithes and offerings. And so, you know, it's time to give your tithes and all of that. And we're sitting there. And the Lord spoke to my heart and said, I want you to give $50 extra as a seed to be debt-free this year. I was like, God, $50 is nothing. We have this huge debt. I mean, you know, we're talking tens of thousands of dollars here of debt, and you're saying 50, you know, I'm, I'm thinking in my mind. But the Lord said, I want you to do that. So I didn't even have the money. I had to lean over to my wife and say, do you have $50 extra? Can I, you know, and I, and I put it in the envelope, just wrote on there, debt-free this year, put it in the thing. I didn't even want, I didn't even have the courage to tell her what it was about. I told her a few days later. And, uh, and so, but here's what happened. We, we did that in obedience to his instruction. And then uh, about a month or a oh, couple months later, I don't know, anyway, somewhere in all of this, we went back to that same church because that was the church we were attending at that time. And they were having a special seminar with a, a speaker that was coming, an internationally known speaker in the area of finances, actually. And uh, they were going to have this special meeting, and we were invited to come. And so we got to church. Well, we got there. Somehow we got crossed up on our communication. We ended up getting there like an hour or two early. And, you know, Singapore, nobody's really on time that much anyway. I always joke with them that when the rapture comes, they're the last ones to go because <laughs> they're caught in traffic or something, you know. <laughs> and so we get there, <laughs> and uh, nobody's there but us, but the people said, well, you can just come in and sit, you know. So we got a front row seat. I mean, we got our pick of the seat, so we sat on the front row. And we're just sitting there, and finally time for the service comes, you know. And so this, uh, you know, everybody's praising the Lord, praising worship, and then here comes the minister, and, you know, they were escorting him in, you know. So they got these bodyguards, you know, walking with them. <laughs> and, you know, it's like that kind of a thing. And he comes walking in, and he goes up, and he does this thing on the platform. Great message. It was really wonderful. And, you know, we enjoyed it all. And then uh, they're, they're closing everything down, you know, the closing worship song or whatever. And so then he goes off the platform, and here come the bodyguards again. You know, they're all surrounding him, so nobody can get to this man. Because he's actually a pretty famous, well-known person, you know. Anyway, whatever. But, but they're doing all of that. Well, we're just, you know, we're not really paying attention to that. We had our eyes shut. We're praising God, you know, just glory to God, hallelujah, you know. And all of a sudden, somebody's grabbed my hand and, and, my, and grabbed my wife's hand and joined our hands together. And I opened my eyes, and here's this, here's this man of God that was there. 
He just left his security detail, walked straight over to us, grabbed our hands, and he begins to prophesy over to us about blessing and prosperity and provision. And he said this, he said, you have been faithful to do what the Lord has told you to do. You've been faithful to dwell in the land in the time of a famine and to do what he said to do. And his blessing is coming in your life. And he just prophesied over us. And then he says, amen, walks away. We looked at each other like, what just happened there? It was like a drive-by blessing or something. I mean, it was amazing. So a, a couple months after that, we get a phone call one day. And uh, the people who were the previous directors for the school, they said, uh, we need to see you. So they came to our place, and they were acting really funny about it. And they finally, they hem-hawed around. They said, well, they said, something happened here. Someone has donated, uh, uh, has given, written a check, actually, for you guys. And uh, this is what they said. They said, I, I, I felt like the Lord spoke to my heart and said, I want you to give this offering to someone who is a missionary who has stayed faithful to stay exactly where the Lord told them to be and to do exactly what the Lord told them to do. See, that's what the instruction that he'd given us. That's the prophecy that this brother had given to us about that. And so this person wrote out a check and gave it to, to the school to give to us anonymously. Hallelujah. And it completely cleared our debt. Hallelujah. It's gone. Just like that. Praise God. But you see, we had to follow instructions. We had to follow the plans. And what the Lord had been dealing with us about was speaking the word. Speaking the word. So real quickly, I, don't, I, I really got to finish this and I will. But real quickly, there's a scripture in John 12 and verse 6 where it talks about Judas had the money bag. You know that where he took that and he was always, he was stealing from it. But that word money bag is very interesting. That was what Jesus carried with them everywhere they went. That word money bag, I had the Lord say this to me one time. The size that you see the money bag being determines what you really think about prosperity. Because I used to think it's this tiny little thing with a few coins in it. And they'd be walking down the street, you know, and Jesus would say, give that person an offering. And so they'd reach down in there. You know, we're, oh, there, oh, ah, there's a coin. Oh, I can drop a coin. That's what I used to think. But that word literally means, it's, it's a Greek word called glossokomen. What it means is a case to keep mouthpieces of wind instruments in. in other, a, a casket. A casket. This is not some little bag. They were carrying like a treasure chest around with them. And it was actually the, the description, the word that was used, is, is something that kept wind instruments in. Now, I looked this up. It comes from two Greek words, and this gets very interesting. The first word is a word that we get language or tongue from, speaking, speaking. The second one is the word cosmos, which has to do with an orderly arrangement or the world coming into order or, or alignment, and I thought about this. I thought, my goodness, Jesus, you're walking around with this thing and using th these words to describe what that thing is. And if you put that together, it has, it has a connection with our speaking orders our world financially. Our speaking orders our world financially. What do you want your world to look like financially? Start speaking. Proverbs 18.21 tells us the power of life and death is in the tongue. I found another scripture that's along these lines. It's in 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 6. In 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6, hallelujah. I hope it's okay if I go over just a little bit. I don't usually like to do this, but, but you know what? I'm only going to be here today, so. <laughs> but, but look at this, because I want to get this in you. and I Because I want God to bless you. I want your socks to be blessed off. 
Amen. I want, I want you to just see the blessing of God overflow in your life. The next time we come, you're going, man, this works, this works, this is awesome. I mean, that's what I want to see. So look at this, 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 6. He says, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Now we all, we read this all the time and we talk about, you know, you got to give a lot to get, you know, all that. But I don't want to point that out to you. What I want to point out to you is this. That word there where it talks about uh, sowing uh, sparingly or, sp or sowing bountifully is is a, that word is actually a greek word called uh eulogia it's the word we get eulogy from eulogy you know like at a funeral you have a eulogy in other words it's speech speaking and it's the same word is found in the same exact word is found in uh, James chapter 3 and verse 10 where it talks about out of the same mouth comes blessing and cursing the word blessing is that same greek word so it has to do with speaking and so what he's actually saying here is, it's not just sowing a seed financially, it's also sowing words of faith spiritually. You're speaking over your seed. You're giving according to what God puts in your heart, and you're doing that in, obe in obedience to him, but your words are important. It's what you say. Hallelujah. It's what you say. And then, of course, verse 7, it talks about God loves a cheerful or a hilarious, joyful giver. But then you come down to this. In, uh, the result of all of this is found here in verse number 11. And I love this so much. Because it says, while you are enriched in everything. That's, the, that's rich. God has made us rich. He wants to enrich us in everything. Hallelujah. Not just one area. Every area. How does he do that? Through our One way is through our giving. But it's not just the giving of seeds, like financially that we give, but words that we speak. Your words are important. Your words are powerful. Hallelujah. And that particular verse of Scripture, oh my goodness, there's so much. We could have a seminar on this. But the, the preceding verse, verse 10, where it talks about that God uh, blessing us, uh, it says, he supplies seed to the sower and bread for food. That word in there actually is a Greek word that we get the word choreography from, where it says he supplies, he ministers seed to the sower, and he ministers bread for food. That's a Greek word that we get the word choreography from. Choreography is a dance. And I thought about that, and I thought, yeah, that's exactly what this is. Our giving and receiving is choreography. We dance in unison with God. How cool is that? Because it's already talking about joy and giving joyfully. We dance in unison with him. Why? Because we know what's about to happen. We know that as we give, we're going to receive. We know that when we plant seeds, increase is coming on us, that we're the blessed of the Lord, that we're highly favored, we're greatly blessed. We know that we have overflow. Hallelujah. And we're just responding to his leading. We're just doing what he told us to do and walking in obedience to that. And it's a choreography in dance, in unison with him. He leads us and we follow in the dance. Hallelujah. And the outcome of it is in verse 11. You are enriched in every area. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So this is a confession that I make. And I'll just have, I just want you to make this confession with me. This is something I've been doing lately, and it's really been a blessing to me. So say this with me. I have a full supply. I, have a full supply. I am rich. I am, rich. I am physically strong. I am, physically I am healthy. I am, I am healed. I am my youth and my strength are renewed every day. I am mentally sharp and alert. I am, sharp and alert. I, am 
I am smart. <laughs> and my mind functions well. I have favor in every relationship with people. I have victory over every enemy and every situation. I am blessed. Hallelujah. Now lift your, lift your hands and thank the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we are blessed. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. We are the blessed of the Lord. Hallelujah. We are blessed. Hallelujah. And we're walking in blessing. We're walking in provision. Hallelujah. And Father, I thank you that for every person in this church, Lord, those that are here, those that are not able to be here today, hallelujah, there is blessing upon this church. There is increase upon this church. I thank you, Father God. You said that this is a dispensary. <laughs> and so, Father God, thank you that you you are depositing in this church rich resources, reservoirs of blessing, of truth, of revelation, of provision, of finances, of materials, of healing and deliverance. All that is needed, uh, you're depositing richly in this church, Father God. Hallelujah. And Lord, from this church, hallelujah to this community. Oh my, thank you, Lord. Great blessings flowing. Great provision. Because we're blessed to be a blessing. We're blessed just that blessing of Abraham. is. It, you said that he was blessed to be a blessing. <laughs> and so, Father, thank you that we are blessed to be a blessing. Hallelujah. And we're going to see it. We're going to see it. People are going to be laying hands on their neighbors and they're getting healed. Hallelujah. People are going to be meeting somebody at the gas station and leading them to the Lord. People are going to be at the checkout aisle in the, in the grocery store or Walmart or somewhere else and start up a conversation and, and they're going to come into the kingdom. They're going to invite them to church. They're going to come here and they're going to get blessed. <laughs> and more people are going to come. And we just thank you, Father God. Hallelujah for the overflow of blessing in this church, Lord. We give you praise. We give you glory for it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Say, I'm going to another level. Amen. Glory to God. Wow, that was good.